This is Jen, and you're listening to Paradox, a Mage the Ascension podcast. These bite-sized episodes are designed to get you up to speed and comfortable with Mage the Ascension rules and concepts. Reread the books so you don't have to, though we do recommend it. Without further ado, welcome to Paradox. Welcome back to episode 15, Lost and Found, or a deep dive into the correspondence sphere. The correspondence sphere is all about understanding and manipulating the connections and relationships between different things in the universe. There is also a variation on correspondence called data, which was devised by the analytic reckoners, the predecessors of the virtual adepts who belonged to the early technocracy. Data is most often used by the feed methodology of the NWO, who handle information, disinformation, and dissemination on the internet. However, it can also be used by any of the technocratic union or potentially other technomancers, like the virtual adepts, should it fit with their worldview and paradigm. For this episode, I will be looking at both variations. As M20 reminds us, the world is connected in ways beyond mortal comprehension and the correspondence and data spheres explore these connections in distinct but interrelated ways. These spheres empower mages to perceive and manipulate the fundamental links that bind the cosmos together, whether in the physical realm or the digital domain. The main difference between the correspondence and data spheres lies in their focus and application. Correspondence deals with the mystical connections that exist between physical locations, objects, and individuals, allowing mages to perceive and manipulate these connections in the physical world. In contrast, the data sphere revolves around the manipulation of information and digital connections, giving mages and technocrats the power to interact with and control the digital realm, which is increasingly intertwined with modern life. This means that there are two big exceptions when using data over correspondence. Data cannot move a subject to or from someplace that is off the technological grid. In other words, any area that's out of cell phone, satellite, and or internet range is outside of the reach of the data sphere. And data must be used with a suitable tech-based focus, including paradigm, practice, and the instruments needed to direct the effect. Both spheres offer unique opportunities for exploration and mastery, reflecting the evolving nature of the modern world and the interconnectedness of all things, whether in the physical or digital realms. Additionally, there are ways to interact with the digital realm with correspondence and the physical realm with data, but due to the differences in their mindset, some mental gymnastics may be required to use the sphere variations in those ways. As with the spirit and dimensional science spheres, correspondence and data involve the same concepts routed through different paradigms. At the first dot of correspondence, mages can detect sympathetic links such as shared blood, emotional bonds, or objects with a shared history. They can improve their sense of direction and even understand the physical space around them when blind or if they have lost the use of most of their senses. This basic level of correspondence allows for spatial perception but doesn't yet provide the ability to manipulate these connections. At the basic level of the data sphere, mages can sense the flow of digital information, gaining an intuitive understanding of data connections. They can identify patterns in digital systems and detect anomalies or hidden information within computer networks. At the second level of correspondence, mages can scry different places or objects with precision. They can perceive remote locations as if they were physically present, gaining insights and information from afar. This ability grants them a unique perspective on the world, enabling them to uncover secrets and hidden truths. 
in past editions, level 2 was also when mages could create wards, but that ability has moved to Correspondence 4 in M20. With level 2 of the Data Sphere, mages can manipulate and alter digital information and data structures. They can edit or reconfigure files, change the content of digital messages, or enhance or disrupt data flow within electronic devices and networks. The third level of correspondence allows mages to tear small holes in space that are large enough for them to walk through, allowing them to traverse short distances instantaneously. The mage can also use their perceptions in multiple locations at the same time, but the input they receive is all layered on top of each other. And then with data, mages or technocrats gain the ability to project their consciousness into virtual realities and digital realms. Basically, they can upload and download themselves. Within these digital landscapes, they can interact with digital entities, explore virtual spaces, and influence the rules and laws governing the digital domain. They can also use internet or land connections to teleport themselves to other physical spaces. Earlier editions of Mage did not have the data sphere as separate from the correspondence sphere, so mages could access the digital web and other digital realms with correspondence itself. However, the mages or technocrats would still need to think in terms of data and technology to do so. Additionally, the digital web can be accessed by using the spirit and dimensional science spheres from the umbra instead of from the material world. The fourth level of correspondence allows mages to move groups of people by opening gateways and manipulating the spatial connections between objects. They can also ward locations against specific patterns by combining correspondence with other spheres, and they can use the collocation effect and appear in several different places at once, though the mage must use mind one with that effect in order to actually function in all of those locations, and they have to add life to if the mage wants the copies to do different things at the same time. Some potential specialties a correspondence mage can take at level 4 are things like conjuration, scrying, gates, warding, or teleportation. Mages or technocrats specializing in the data sphere can open quantum gateways between locations or put up powerful firewalls, aka wards, to keep objects, places, or people safe from others. They can even disperse holographic manifestations of themselves into several concurrent locations, and with the appropriate mind, life, and prime or primal utility spheres, they can make those manifestations as solid as the person themselves. Some specialties the data mage or technocrat can take are things like collocation, encryption, fabrication, firewalling, or surveillance. At Correspondence 5, mages can distort space to extremes and stretch or compress objects with matter, bodies with life, or forces with, of course, forces. They can even actually superimpose places or objects on top of one another, although obviously that is extremely vulgar. I will say that M20 is a touch confusing here because it says that at Correspondence 3, a mage can perceive several locations simultaneously, but the inputs overlap each other. At Correspondence 5, it states that if you combine Level 5 with Life 3, you can perceive several locations simultaneously, and it doesn't state the overlapping caveat. However, if you still need to combine Correspondence 5 with Life 3 to separate out the senses, then it seems like you should be able to combine Correspondence 3 with Life 3 instead and do the same thing, maybe with the addition of Mind to help sort through the inputs. As a storyteller, I would likely rule that Correspondence 5 does not need life or mind to be able to expand one's senses to perceive in many different locations, and that Correspondence 3 can add life and mind to do the same thing, much like Level 4 requires life and mind to physically occupy multiple locations at once, but your mileage may vary. At Level 5 in the Data Sphere, mages and technocrats can manipulate the virtual realm at will, creating and reshaping worlds and even harnessing the collective consciousness of the digital age for their own purposes. 
They can likely even merge their magical abilities with advanced technology, becoming adept at creating and controlling digital constructs, crafting powerful virtual tools, and even manipulating the relationship between digital and physical reality. Masters of Correspondence Magic in Mage the Ascension adeptly navigate two fundamental theories in their mystical endeavors. The first, deeply rooted in the ancient doctrine of contagion, posits that once two people or objects come into contact, a magical link persists between them until a specific ritual is performed to sever that connection. This is otherwise known in both the mage and real world as sympathetic magic. The notion of contagion relies on the belief that a part of the essence or resonance of one object or person transfers to another upon physical contact, creating a metaphysical tether that can be harnessed for magical purposes. For correspondence mages, mastering the intricacies of contagion is an art, allowing them to manipulate and influence the linked element with precision. This is not super well explained in M20. However, there is a sidebar about sphere-specific effects on page 544 of the core that discusses the correspondence ranges chart, which itself is on page 504, and basically states that the closer a connection you have with the target of your effect, the easier it is. This is sympathetic magic in a nutshell. So, if you have a lock of hair of someone and have no idea where they are, you're likely looking at needing only one success rather than over six. If you have no connection with someone, it's extremely difficult to affect them unless you are familiar with them or they are within line of sight. This is one of the reasons that unique instruments can be extremely devastating to a mage if lost, because that is as close to the mage as their own arm, and an antagonist with deadly intentions can affect the mage as easily as if they were standing next to each other. It's also why the Order of Hermes, as a tradition, tend to use shadow names so they don't give anybody their one true name, which is the surest and fastest way for an enemy to strike at the very heart of them. It's the same concept as movies and television have portrayed with effigies or so-called voodoo dolls, which have been declared irrelevant in some practices of voodoo. If you have something that represents the person, often made with their own hair, etc., you can poke pins in the doll and it will affect the actual person. That's a correspondence in life rote to harm an individual from a distance. In contrast, a more contemporary theory within the realm of correspondence magic is known as the correspondence point. This theory centers around the idea that certain locations or objects serve as potent nexuses for magical connections. Correspondence points act as anchors in the fabric of reality, serving as focal points for mages to channel their magical energies. These points, often associated with significant events, strong emotions, or cosmic alignments, become reservoirs of magical potential. Masters of Correspondence learn to attune themselves to these points, unlocking the ability to manipulate space and connections with heightened efficiency when in proximity to these potent loci. The mastery of sympathetic magic and correspondence points empowers mages to extend their influence across space and forge connections that transcend the limitations of physical distance, whether manipulating the sympathetic link between two distant individuals or tapping into the latent energy of a correspondence point, these techniques embody the artistry and intricacy of correspondence magic, allowing mages to weave the threads of reality to their will. Arc mastery of the correspondence in data spheres propels mages into a realm of power where the manipulation of space, connections, and digital realities transcends all known boundaries. Just as arc mastery of the spirit sphere allows mages to better bridge the gap between the material and spirit realms, the correspondence in data spheres grant them unparalleled control over the tapestry of reality. While Masters of the Art offers some semblance of guidance for the correspondence sphere, the data sphere beckons mages into a realm where the rules are theirs to redefine, and where there are currently no published mage rules or suggestions. As we embark on this journey, remember to take these attempts to define the arc mastery of these spheres, specifically data, with a large pinch of salt, 
for we're venturing into uncharted territory where magic, data, and the cosmos intertwine in ways beyond mortal comprehension. Before attaining arc mastery in any sphere, there is a step that the mage must take in order to better understand the mastery of that sphere and move beyond it. For correspondence, that step is for the mage to figure out how to be in the same space as himself, maintaining more than one simultaneous awareness of singular space. The parallel in the data sphere may be something like requiring the mage to unravel the intricacies of their own consciousness within the digital realm in order to transcend the limitations of singular data awareness. It is a journey where the lines between the mage's consciousness and the vast sea of information blur, marking the passage into a realm where the very essence of data becomes a canvas for the mage's boundless creativity. This can allow for effects such as folding and creating space at six dots of correspondence, or perhaps using data six to obtain a form of digital omniscience that allows them to master the interconnectedness of digital networks or harness and manipulate the quantum nature of digital information. At level 7, the Archmage realizes that wards are something to be practically brushed aside as the region inside the ward is space that can be reached, obviously. Instead of using correspondence to teleport directly into or out of an area, the Archmage becomes a sort of correspondence point themselves, existing everywhere at once and can therefore bypass the effects of any wards that are keyed to the concepts of inside, outside, or touching, as these are no longer concepts that apply to the Archmage. The mage can also simply negate a ward temporarily to allow others to bypass it. In the data sphere, an archmage can attain a sort of informational apotheosis, accessing and assimilating the collective knowledge of all digital entities, past and present, to gain the wisdom and ability of those entities, both mundane and extraordinary, and evolve beyond digital manipulation into the metaphysical. At Correspondence 8, the archmage carries earthly space with them almost wherever they choose to go the main exception being past the horizon into the deep umbra, as only masters of spirit can survive there. However, within the horizon, the Archmage is able to exist in harsh environments, including the cold vacuum of space, without difficulty due to their connection to the material world. They may also become a sort of pan-dimensional nexus and become a living bridge between all dimensions and realities. Through the data sphere, mages can wield godlike powers over the virtual realm and the very essence of information itself. They can merge the digital and metaphysical realms, blurring the lines between virtual and physical existence. They may even be able to gain access to the Akashic Records of the Digital Realm, a cosmic database that stores the collective knowledge of all digital entities across the Omniverse. And finally, at nine dots in correspondence, all space is one space, and nowhere is off-limits to the mage, except beyond the horizon, of course. They no longer manipulate reality, they are reality. They are correspondence. They are everywhere and they are one. At nine dots in the data sphere, mages may achieve a state of digital ascendancy. These mages can potentially transcend all limitations of reality, digital or physical, and become entities of unimaginable power. These archmages possess absolute control over all digital information and the underlying fabric of the omniverse. They can create, modify, or delete data on a cosmic scale, shaping the very essence of existence itself. As we turn our attention to rotes, much like with spirit and dimensional science, most of these will be using the language of the correspondence sphere. If there is a particular data version that is interesting or does something different, then it might be included, but keep in mind that the main difference between correspondence and data is the physical realm versus the digital realm, and otherwise it's mostly a matter of flavor, and the data sphere is actually the more restricted of the two. So, with one dot in correspondence or data, you can use a virtual reality rig to enter the digital web with sensory immersion. You can add the mind sphere to enter astrally. 
you almost don't even need data or correspondence one to do that these days because of how much virtual reality has progressed over the years. You can know the space around you, either in case of blindness or simply to help with attacks against people hiding behind or undercover. You could know precisely where you are currently located, so long as no one is magically obscuring that information. You can determine how far away an object is, as well as its direction of motion, orientation, and speed. Or you can sense the connection between patterns, whether life patterns, matter patterns, or any other pattern that you have another sphere to look at. With two dots, your mage is able to mark an object so it can be detected and found later, as if with a tracking device. You can see around corners and potentially through walls. You can view a location remotely, aka scrying. You can pull a small object to your location from elsewhere. You can find an unreproducible shortcut between two points. If you're using the mage revised rules, you can also create wards. And one of the greatest benefits of Correspondence 2 is adding it to other effects to bump the distance. With three dots in Correspondence or data, you can teleport to a new location, expand your perceptions to be in several places at once, search for something everywhere simultaneously, though you may need to add mind one to understand what you're even seeing, or you can strengthen or weaken the connection between objects or other patterns. With four dots, you can create wards if you're using the M20 rules, you can open a gateway to another physical location and take others with you, or you can appear in multiple places at once. And finally, with five dots, you can do pretty much anything with correspondence or data, including create the sort of common nightmare of a hallway that never seems to end by stretching the physical space. Or you can overlap multiple locations at the same time, allowing anything to cross from one to another effortlessly. I could see a way of using data to do that with, you know, pirating information or just upload download speed being absolutely insanely fast. And of course, as mentioned, you can add correspondence or data too to basically any other route to make it work from a distance. But other things you can do when you combine spheres are things like taking correspondence or data one, life four, forces two to physically enter the digital web. If you take entropy two and then correspondence or data one, you can analyze massive amounts of data to increase the odds that you will find what you are looking for. If you take time three, correspondence or data one, forces two, and mind one, it's basically a virtual lockpick. You compress the time inside of the computer and make it make many, many educated guesses about the passwords. If you take correspondence or data one or two, plus either entropy two or mind two, you can find lost people. Correspondence two is needed if you're looking for someone beyond your line of sight. Mind will detect people based on their thoughts and emotions, while entropy manipulates luck to bring you to the person. With correspondence one or two and prime one, you can find a node, either somewhere nearby with Correspondence 1 or anywhere else with Correspondence 2, and a node is basically a source of magical energy. You can use Correspondence 1 and Forces 4 to allow someone, likely an Akashic, to stay aloft for several minutes of basically flight to deliver a flying kick. You can use Correspondence 1, Entropy 1, Mind 1, and Forces 1 to deliver nearly impossible trick shots effectively. Correspondence 1 and Entropy 1 combines good luck with good direction sense and guarantees that you will get where you want to go, even if you don't know precisely where that is. Correspondence 1 and Spirit 1 allows the mage to find places where the gauntlet is unusually weak. If you upgrade that to Correspondence 2, you can find those weak locations pretty much anywhere. Correspondence 1 and Life 1 will let you see if there are any life forms around you. You can use Correspondence 1, Life 1, Matter 1, and Prime 1 to detect any technomagical implants or premium in a target. 
Premium is this mystical metal that's usually used by the technocracy for its anti-magical properties. You can use Correspondence 2, Life 2, and Mind 2 to call a swarm of small animals to attack a target. Correspondence 2 and Forces 2 takes the image of a suitable enemy, and you can use Forces to make a mage look and sound identical to that enemy. You can use Correspondence 2, Prime 2, and either Life or Matter 2 in order to store an object in virtual space for later use. Take Correspondence 2, Forces 2, and Mind 2 and use a black box or security card to attempt to hack a system that you could normally never reach. Or use Correspondence 2 and Forces 2 to draw electricity from the power grid. There's a lot of Correspondence 2 versions of things. <laughs> you can use Correspondence or Data 3 and Forces 2 as a bit of a panic button to log out of the digital web just instantly if you have to. You can use Correspondence or Data 3 and Mind 1 to find and download information about a particular person. Just find whatever you're looking for online. You can use Prime 3 and Correspondence 3 to send quintessence anywhere on Earth. You can use Correspondence 3 and Mind 2 in order to use any shortcut to vanish from sight during a pursuit, like one of those duck down the alleys and suddenly they're gone sort of thing. You can use Correspondence or Data 3 and Mind 3 to track every person in a group and coordinate their movements or give orders in real time. Correspondence 4 and Forces 3 will let you deflect attacks through teleporting bullets and the alteration of kinetic energy as if those attacks were just ricocheting off things. You can use Data 4 and Mind 3 to push an idea or fact into the public eye and force something to go viral through the use of social media and things like that. Or you can use Correspondence 5 and either Spirit or Dimensional Science 5 to open a gateway into the Deep Umbra or Deep Universe. Just straight out into space. Not even just straight out into space. Straight out into the vast reaches of space out near Jupiter from Earth. With all of that, you can see how keeping Correspondence and Data Magic coincidental in Mage the Ascension can be a creative and intriguing challenge for storytellers and players. Obviously, with the Data Sphere, the key is to blend in with modern technology, but correspondence mages can also appear to manipulate everyday technologies such as smartphones, GPS, or Wi-Fi networks to create coincidental effects. For instance, they might alter digital maps to open virtual shortcuts, making their travel more efficient. Of course, for mages who don't normally use technology or find it impossible to at least pretend that they are using technology, even when they don't seem to be, correspondence magic can be difficult to hide on its own. Luckily, some effects, like reaching to another location and retrieving an item, can be hidden by using things like a large bag. Of course I carry an entire kit for breaking and entering in my purse. Have you seen how big this thing is? I'm pretty sure I have everything but the kitchen sink in there. Hyperbole is your friend. Other effects may not trigger paradox until it has an effect on the world, like a ward that is set, which may not trigger anything until someone tries to cross it. But that may depend on your storyteller as well. When correspondence is combined with other spheres, the aspects that those spheres focus on may provide additional cover for using correspondence in addition to the main sphere, such as pulling electricity from an area using correspondence and forces, but routing it through a server that doesn't currently have electricity. But maybe it actually did, and no one knew. Who knows? In the realms of correspondence and data, mages become explorers of the unseen connections that underpin our reality. They peer into the threads of the cosmos, whether in the streets of the city or the depths of cyberspace, and learn to weave their own destiny. These spheres reveal the hidden pathways that bind our world together, both in the tactile touch of physical spaces or in the ethereal flow of digital data. So, whether you choose to manipulate space or surf the digital waves, remember that the world is not what it seems, and the true mage navigates its mysteries with a keen eye and a digital wand. 
You've been listening to Paradox, a Mage the Ascension podcast, and you can find us wherever you can find podcasts. If actual plays are up your alley, check out Dorktales on twitch.tv slash dorktales or youtube.com slash dorktales. Find us on the Dorktales Discord server or check out our website at dorktales.ca. We are currently streaming a Mage the Victorian era game on Saturdays. Our Patreon subscribers have early access to the Technocracy Zero Sum game, which is also starting to roll out on YouTube for the general public. And we have several Mage one-shots and a short-run chronicle called Breaking Tradition on YouTube. Additionally, we are starting to roll out our Mage the Victorian era game in podcast form over on the Dorktales Podbean channel, also found wherever you can find podcasts. Finally, as always, there's also all of our other amazing content. Thanks for listening, and remember to always keep your magic coincidental, unless it's Fireball.